Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast. This is episode 49. I'm your host, Nicholas Camby, with today's guest of Jean-Stefan Coco Carabouf, former Australia's Strongest Man, 2022 World Strongest Man competitor, and owner of Coco's Gem. Welcome to the show, brother. Welcome, mate. It's been a long minute. It's it's been yeah we we haven't been able to lay eyes on each other since 2015. So oh, well, of course, skinny, skinny and young. Yeah, I, I want to yeah I want to of course talk about that that show of course w- even way back when. But I'm very interested to hear about your prep for Europe's Strongest Man, which is coming up in two weeks. So how are we I'm feeling? Good. Yeah, very good. I'm I'm feeling um, healthy. I'm feeling uh, strong and uh, yeah, confidence. Excellent. Well, yeah, there's some pretty interesting events. Um, and of course, I'll list them out for the for the audience. Of course, log press ladder, uh, load and push race, um, deadlift for reps, Conan's wheel, and then the Castle Stones, which of course is the the Atlas Stone series. Um, yep. But how do you how do you feel about a Conan's wheel coming back into the mix? That's a of course an old event that kind of is getting back in there. We haven't seen a of course a heavy carry like that um, in quite a bit. Yeah, you know what? I love any event. You know, if you can uh, give me anything, just as long as you don't give me a yoke, it's fine. All right. Uh, so, so, so you said no, no yokes? Give me a second. Sorry? You said no yokes? Yeah, I hate yokes. All right. Well, of, course, of course, yeah. And much, I, I got to take a look. I think there's a yoke in there at Worlds, but. Um, no, there's no, 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 yolks. no, no yokes. All right. Of course, that's, that's, that's even better. Um, so in terms of for Europe's strongest man, so who, who the question is who's coming on the podium but besides Coco? So of course you have you have Bish, you have Wide Pavlo, Handsome Pavlo, Janasha, O'Dwyer, Rano, Ivars, and then to list the rest, Novikov. Very, very, very tough question, you know, because uh, hmm. they're all uh, strong and very competent athletes. Uh, but you know, uh, if I have to pick my favorites, I would say um, Novikov. Bish and um, oh, third one could be any, any, could be anyone. Uh, Hixie, yes, yeah, oh. Hixie. I, I forgot Dennis Colross from Germany, yeah. and then uh, Igor is also in there. Uh, you, you don't, you don't think uh, Mr. O'Dwyer is gonna be pushing for the podium so he can make the so he can make the world stage because he's still fighting for a world strongest man invite, invite isn't he? Yeah, true. Pa hasn't been invited yet. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a strong fella. Uh, um, I hope he makes the the, the podium. Uh, we'll see how he goes. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, but in terms of your kind of training, so of course you, you had the, um, you of course had a great run at the, um, of course the Australian International Show. Um, of course, that was a lot of fun to watch. Of course, it was uh, kind of well received over here in the states as well. Um, it was, it was well, but, received, um, well streamed uh, all across the world, so it was it was very good for for us, you know, down under to have uh, some uh, spotlights. Absolutely. Now, um, now for 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 mo- your most part, so how, in terms of like kind of switching gear towards, I know I know a lot of the Europe events are world events, but um, now was it was it hard to kind of pro- program yourself into these world events, kind of focusing on who a series of like kind of. Tw- 12 events total if you of course include in the finals i mean like um um yeah so obviously my coach um we actually uh worked from mainly on the europe uh, um events 
because they're very similar to the WSM events. And then if I'm back to the finals, they're pretty standard events as I, you know, I always do. Like um, I've got a fingers finger at the gym, so I do it so many times. The MDB is fine and stuff like that. So um, I'm not too worried about the, the final events. It's, it's to make to the finals first. So focus mainly on the on the qualifying events, smash them, and then see how it goes afterwards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, they're pretty, pretty good events, um, so no drama with that. Well, I, of course, you. It was quite the. It was quite the show last year. Of course, you made it to the, um, the Stone Off. Of course, put put on a show for for everybody. Of course, getting was it was it Igor was it uh was Igor Melstead that you were going against, right? Yeah, it thought yeah, it was it thought it was a very good uh, stone lifter. It was very very very. You know, I was very pleased to uh, to have a challenge him on the stones um he's very good at it all right, all right excellent um but yeah i'm of course looking forward to the world of course the the who they give be the final two spots at worlds and then hopefully the groups will start coming out but last year it seemed like the groups didn't come out until who maybe like the, a week before the actual competition so it kept, uh mm -hmm. the night before night before all right yeah so yeah kept 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 everybody waiting so i think because uh, um, uh you know the first time obviously it was my first time uh competing at worlds we we tend to gauge each other you know so because uh i've never met some of the athletes so you're like oh how how easy or how strong is he and stuff like that that's a question you you commonly ask yourself when you first uh you know when you first meet them all uh there's kind of a tension for the first couple of days because we don't know anything about each other except the big names you know but and then once the first event is uh, over and then um there's probably uh, most people are actually more relaxed it's, it's a better better atmosphere we just chill and uh you get to know people so i really like i really like that now were you able to keep your nerves under wraps come going into the that first event uh the first event is always tough because you know it was the first time uh at world and i've never Never competed in this, uh, this in those conditions where you know it's like um, everything is done for you and uh, you just have to show up and warm up and do your lift and you got you had a quite of a crowd as well and that's pretty pretty cool um, yeah so the first event uh, it pretty much was the carry event so never never picked up an interval before so it was the first time as well so learning on the fly yeah it's, it's very hard to find an interval in Australia. <laughs> um, you know, practice with uh, sandbags, kegs, you know, natural stones and stuff like that. But it was pretty interesting. Now, um, now, will there be another anvil this year? Well, I'm not too sure. It's um, on implements, so it could be anything, mm. I would say. Okay, all right. There's, there's, I think there's one at ESM. I'm a, I think I have to double check with that. But I, I picked it up once, so I know what to do now. <laughs> Absolutely, of course. That's it's usually what it all it takes. I had a I had a fire hydrant for the first time. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I saw you. I saw you picked it up and carried. Yeah, so um, I was yeah. trying to figure out. I was just watching all the other competitors on how they did it. So they yeah, they don't the first. You know, as long as you know the first one, be like, give me sweet. Just watch what they're doing. <laughs> But yeah, they didn't give us uh they didn't give us warm up, so of course that you kind of run on the fly. Um, but of course that's all really exciting, and of course best of luck at Europe's, and then heading into Worlds kind of two weeks, pretty much two or three weeks later. So that's that's quite the yeah, turnaround. 
I've got a busy month. I got um, uh, ESM uh, first week of April. Then my wife is due to give birth in between as well. So it's gonna be a quick fly back home and fly back to uh, fly to the states afterwards. Do you, do you have a due date? Yeah, uh, we are aiming at April tenth. All right, of course. So in between, right in between. All right. Well, best of luck. But I actually, I did have a question about that later, later on. So, of course, it would be interested in terms of how your what your plans, of course, out afterwards. Um, so, um, not, of course, not everybody knows this, but of course, that you were once a 105 kilo. You came over to the States and um, for the Arnold Amateur 2015, which was the first year they had the Arnold Amateur for the 105 kilo guy. So yeah, we got yeah, to yeah. compete and that's where we met. Um, but from, from there, um, yeah, tell us a little bit in terms of kind of your, your gradual growth into the heavyweight scene. Now, how much are you 140 kilos now? 145? I'm 130, Nick. 130. Okay. All right. So uh, you look, you look, you look bit, you look, you've been looking big lately. So so. illusion, man, it's bodybuilding training. (laughs) So, so 130. So yeah, tell us about your, of course, your gradual process from 105 kilo to, um, heavyweight. Well, you know, like, um, um, because I'm only like a 181, so like five, eleven and a half or something. Um, so when we first started strongman, the class to be at the time was like you know under 231, so 105. And after competing a couple of years as a 105, I decided to because um, I always sat around 110, 111, and I was quite quite tired to always you know cut weights uh, a week prior shows and stuff like that, and and you know, and I love eating food. So I've decided to gradually go up. So my first pro show, I weighed in at 117. And then my second pro show at Arnold's, I weighed in at 122 kilograms. So mm-hmm. over the years, uh, I went up by two to three kilograms. So I've been a uh, uh, heavyweight since uh, 2017 now. And because, you know, with COVID, we didn't compete for nearly two years in Australia because we had very strict rules. Mm-hmm. So we just wasted two years of our lives. So it was mainly like training and obviously try to uh, survive with the business and stuff like that. So kind of put training aside for over a year and try to focus on the gym mainly. So it was a good um, a good way to put on weight as well because I didn't train as much. So I was just eating more slowly, gradually as well. So then uh, when we the comps went back on, um, so actually my first back, my first comp, was um i decided like monsters but my first comeback was wsm mm. so, you know yeah. I mean? so good, good, good way to get the feet wet get, get yeah, back know, about it. <laughs> it was a tough tough time in australia for you know guess in, in terms of strongman you know um we had lo- lots of restrictions and stuff so we couldn't run comps uh, some comps were canceled the day before the comp so you know the the the, the day of the comp so it was very tough yeah so i i remember um because yeah, because of course Australia was almost like strictest out of all the, of course, like the English speaking um, countries. Um, so I it was so like twenty through twenty twenty one. It seemed like most of the comps were um, still pretty pretty shut down. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So like you know, twenty twenty we shut down. I closed my gym for three months, uh, and then um, yeah, no comps, nothing. So everything actually was on standby. The Arnold's was cancelled, you know, all the ASM, Australia's strongest man was cancelled, uh, was cancelled two years in a row because of that. That's why I just kept my title from 2019 to uh, last year. 
Hmm, all right, of course that makes sense. But a lot of two years, of course, is great for the joints, great for um, the rest of the body to kind of heal up. So hopefully, it was kind of you know upsetting to just uh, couldn't compete. You couldn't even actually fly overseas. We were stuck here, so it was it was uh, upsetting for us to watch everybody else in the world compete and you know doing massive comps, and we were like you know stuck in Australia just doing nothing. Mm, yeah well of course I'm, gl I'm glad it's opened up now and of course you yeah, guys can look better now you know we can are we free to fly everywhere yeah absolutely um so one thing for of course for the listeners the some, some the one that don't know you um of course you're a great um per person when it comes to static power so um uh, for you guys that don't know that like coco has a 200 kilo log that you hit in training uh pretty recently um but looks like your static power has grown pretty um pretty gradually throughout kind of throughout the years um but overall when it comes to overhead pressing in the log do you have any tips of the trade for our listeners just keep training it <laughs> do you know i used to hate overhead press i used oh, to be shit at it um when i first started lifting weights you know uh i used to i used to avoid shoulder workouts because i'm like no nah, i'm too weak at it so i used to focus mainly on deadlift and legs and and chest and biceps and triceps and stuff like that. But then obviously gradually over time, I've decided to, oh, I need to have a better overhead press. So I train once a week and twice a week. And then sometimes for like a few months, three times a week, three times a week. And then someone told me one day, if you want to make it too strong, man, you've got to have a strong low press. I'm like, oh, I'm going to work on that. Now, now who told you that? Uh, my mate, Chad, um, is the one that uh, actually started the, uh, Static monsters in the world. Oh, interesting. For some reason, I thought you had a hand in starting Static Monsters. Yeah, I was, but then I, um, obviously I stepped down because I was busy with the gym and my training. It's a, you know, it's a lots of lot hard work to organize comps, you know, especially like make that comp a uh, uh, international comp. Uh, so it was best for me to step down and compete instead. Hmm, uh, excellent. Now, now, was it your idea or his idea for the eighteen-inch deadlift? Of course, that's as static as it gets. Well, originally it was because, you know, at the time they had the, uh, it was like, a, you know, like the normal deadlift of the floor. And, and because um, um, the 18 inch um, um, deadlift was made famous by John Paul. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just based on that. All right. All right. Excellent. Of course, I remember that particular lift. And then, yeah, of course, if you, yeah, if you can't, if you, it was like, no reason to live if you can't you know so yeah um so coco going a little back to of course kind of pressing so of course there's there's always your kind of main lift so focusing on push pressing focusing on log work um but do you have like favorite accessories um do you usually kind yeah, of, add lots, of uh, um, lots of um um barbell z press um just your you know traditional accessories Dumbbell work, side raise, you know, dumbbell shoulder presses, um, lots of tricep work. But also I work a lot on my back as well because I'm very, very, very straight. Mm -hmm. So you've got to work on your stabilizer muscles and, you know, uh, synergist muscles. So I just focus a lot on, um, on back work as well and core work. It's a whole body uh, workout. So I make sure that my body is stable so I can sustain the weight when I press it. Because you see that these days, lots of people do the bench press. Yes. Uh, I wish I'm against it. So I'm very like, you know, 
So you're not, you're not you're not a big fan of Mitchell because Mitch is really adopting Mitch Hooper has been adopting. Yeah, that Mitch been a, it works for him, but um doesn't work for me because I'm um my thoracic is very straight as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to be prone, you know, you have a you have to be um have the body shape for it as well. Um but if it works for him, do it. Me, I like the traditional uh, you know, uh pressing. I think I'm I'm kind of in the in the same boat. I like to kind of be as upright. Um, yeah, I want to have like I want to have the leg the leg drive of like a of like great Olympic lifters, but but, but be able to, um, of course, kind of squeeze everything out. I always I, I always kind of coach in terms of kind of staying upright. Um, it was interesting. I was watching uh, something from Bobby Thompson, and Bobby Thompson used to said he's did the bent press like just like Mitch, but he um, he says he can't do that anymore. And, and of course, Bobby, yeah, yeah, he's more upright now. Uh, so yeah, but um, of course, all, all all great tips there. Um, so actually, this is something. For, so of course, your um, strongman coach and all um, coach many members at your gym. Um, do you have any favorite exercises for off season posterior chain work? So this is a question for myself. So I'm heading into a a little bit of off season. I'm, I need to put some weight on my glutes and my hamstrings. But do you have any kind of suggestions in that, in, in, the, in that sense? Yeah, you just uh, do. Oh well. I do squatting, you know, like deep squats and also lots of, uh, I do a deadlift, lots of deadlift, any deadlift variation, you know, like uh, RDLs, uh, deficit deadlift, uh, snatch grip deadlift, you know, anything that requires a hip hinge uh, mm-hmm. that will make you develop a, a bigger glute power and stuff. Obviously, barbell hip thrust as well. Um, yeah, and stone work as well, you know, like you can't, if you do, if you have a great stone technique, you're going to use your glutes a lot. Like I love, um, like uh, I work on my stone a lot, and um, they're pretty good now, just because I worked a lot on my hip hinge and uh, and uh, and um, uh, good uh, strength as well, hamstring as well. Now, um, are you, now are you are you big into the component of like unilateral work in the off season? So like working well off like one foot. So like that could be like single leg um, deadlifts, lunges, Bulgarian. <laughs> They're good if you have actually if you actually assess and you've got some weaknesses. Like if you have uh, no not many weaknesses in regards to lateral, uh, you know, uh, um, strength difference, you don't have to do it. Like it, it, you have to assess and screen your your own strength and weaknesses before, like you know, uh, um, prescribing uh, those exercises. But I do lots of um, uh, uh, Bulgarians, um lunges you know static lunges and stuff like that so it helps a lot for a new stability and obviously uh, uh muscle development mm. all right of course those are all pretty good suggestions now are you a big component of what especially in the off season volume work over like 10 reps or do you yeah. still mm-hmm. you know i do that all the time it's hypertrophy is key for strength uh, some people you know they have different uh, ideas and ideologies ideologies um but you can't beat volume because, um, especially off season, you need to increase in muscle mass. You've got to stimulate the fibers, so volume is great. But obviously, when you lead towards a comp, comp, uh, comp prep, reduce the volume uh, because obviously more volume require more rest, and you're more likely to injure yourself. So when you come too close to a comp, just drop the volume and focus more on strength. When do you drop the? When would you drop the volume in a, in a prep cycle? Like, uh, well, it, it, it depends on the, the, the time of my prep. Like for ESM with my coach, uh, Big Laws, uh, we drop the volume straight away. 
only for the accessories, which is do like, you know, sets of eight to 10, but mm -hmm. the main compound would be like three reps, just, you know, and then obviously focus on the event. So like the, uh, the rising log, the, the ladder, sorry, uh, daily for reps, I'm wrap and stuff like that. So just, just do one set and, um, I'm wrap or like two sets of three or something. All right. All right. That was like pretty much uh, six weeks out, um, leading to my prep. Early okay. Cycle. So that's so you get so so pretty good volume up up till yeah six weeks or so. Um. So yeah. yeah big, so big, big. So you're on team big laws. Is that right? Yeah. Laws. Yeah. Whoa. Now how, how does uh so how, how's when did you start with him? I started with him uh, straight after ASR because I, I messaged him a while ago, but because ASR were actually very straightforward events, um. So I just did by myself. Um, and I was obviously like new, new year, focused on work as well in the gym and stuff. And then after SR, the, the day, a couple of days later, I started with him. It's good to have a coach, you know, it's good to have someone to tell you tell you what to do and tell you that you've got to do it. Because when you coach yourself, sometimes it's like, ah, oh, I don't feel like it. Or you always do stuff you want, you like. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, having someone tell you, ah, oh, do that. That's, I like that. Now, now is big laws is that, is that is that your first coach in a while no i had uh, mitchell last year for wsm uh, okay so yeah so you know yeah switched to with uh, big laws he's right. got the experience and i like that you know i respect him a lot um he, he he knows a lot how to behave in when it comes to competition and how to prep uh, you know you can't beat experience you can you can have all the degrees in the world but if you don't have any experience it's very tough if you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he does have a, a whole cast of, of course, great athletes. Of course, Mitch. Uh, we mentioned, mentioned Bobby Compton, Andrea. Andrea. Uh, Andrea. So and now I add the list of Mr. Coco. Um, so, but speaking of, of course, kind of coaching. So, um, of course, you, you deal with a lot of, um, of course, you kind of young athletes at your gym. Um, and different individuals coming to strongman, but for individuals, the individual athletes starting their career, what do you, what do you tell them when they're getting into their first, second, third strongman show? When you well, when you talk about like motivation, I teach them uh, resilience and patience. You know, um, 
especially in a sport where you know like you've got to push your body to the limit i don't want them to to hurt themselves right away do you know what i mean so i always tell them take your time and because they've it's easier for them to do strongman now because there's some there are so many gyms in Australia that actually offer strongman. When I first started in 2013 or like end 2013, there was none. You know, you had to find you have to build build your own equipment and train in your backyard or have a little spot in a gym where you have your log. Uh, my first log was an eight inch log. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I started with nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you just learn, and because it was very hard at the time to find a coach that knew a lot about strongman, so I used to watch YouTube videos of old, uh, you know, the pros at the time, you know, uh, and learn from them and watch uh, watch what they were they were doing and try to uh, copy the technique and stuff like that. So you learn you learn from uh, from mistakes and you learn from uh, you know trial and error. And these days now. It's so much easier for them to uh, to, to start strongman because they, they come to my gym, they've got everything. You know, everything they need. I've got I've got 30 stones, I've got like 12 logs, I've got you know so much equipment they can just have a play with everything. And uh, of course I've always taken a look. Now you you have now um now with stand when did stand and submit uh start building equipment? Was that more uh, from memory, I met I first met Mason at the first Arnold's uh, I mean uh, twenty it was a year after I went to the States because I missed the uh, Aussie Arnold because it was a week after the the Worlds, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, Arnold uh, for us on the one of five. So I didn't come to the Australian one. Uh, so I, I've competed like the, the following year, 2016, since where I first met him. So 2016, I think it was. I think he started building equipment around 2015, I would say. But I didn't know him much. I didn't, I didn't know much about his equipment back then. Okay, all right, but um, but yeah, of course, that's that's the when when we talk about equipment, I always see that's pretty. You always has pretty unique logs, of course. You guys yeah, are pretty okay. diesel uh, for the for that contest. He's got uh, he's got you know passion to uh, to build those logs. Um, I love his logs. I got a few. I've got I, I, I have six of them. Do you know what I mean six so, lo- six logs from Stanley Smith, yeah. No, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, of course, that's yeah, that's quite a collection and something that kind of I hope for for uh, one day. Um, here, I'm just gonna throw on a light to see me better. Um, so you know, it was interesting, but you were mentioning uh, watching kind of the old YouTube videos to, of course, get form and kind of see what the pros did. That's a little bit of terms of what my gym owner did, uh, probably in the early 2000s when he first started um, doing strongman. And of course, the resources were really limited then. So he used to, uh, D- not DVR, he used to take, uh, of course, the, the video cassettes um, and would record um, World Strongest Man on on the on the tapes but also we we'll always watch not only who won the, the strongman contest but who won the, each event so that's usually who you used to pull um of course that technique from so always something that's always pretty interesting um but speaking of of course going into events uh mr coco um so of course we were talking earlier the Con- the conan's wheel um is coming back into the mix um but is there like an old-time event that you want to see back into regular circulation in terms of strongman like personally i wouldn't mind if there was a, if a sumo if a sumo wrestling came back into the field because i of course i used to wrestle i think it would be cool to see two large guys go at it um uh, in a ring but yeah, is there any but is there any i don't like to get one that'd be fun Tug of war? Uh, you know if the the loser uh, falls in the water 
I think it was in the mid seventies. It happened uh, with, with Jean Paul. Oh, yeah, Jean Paul was in there with um, yeah. with, with what's his name? The strong, oh, oh, uh, the strongest man that never won was uh, um, yeah. I forget. I'm blanking on his name right now. So yeah, t- tug of war. T- yeah, the tug of war would be pretty cool. Tug of war. Uh, you get a uh, car flip. That'd be great. That would be a good, uh, you know, good uh, showcase of strength. Uh, you know, some uh, some odd events. Yeah, car flip that'd be cool. Oh yeah, I I think you know there's just I th- uh, there was a couple of shows around here that try to bring that back, but I think we'll see that probably sooner than later. Just depends on what they can get their hands on cars. But scrap metal's been going pretty expensive in the. So many so of course many individuals know. Uh, I know the story about of course you're in Australia, but you've been going out representing France. Um, as of late, but if, yeah, I want to tell listeners a little bit of a kind of the kind of the high level story of terms of how you became how you turned into representing France. I know, of course, your, your last name is French, but uh, yeah, if you want to share with the listeners in terms of how that came about. Well, I've been asked by the higher ups, in the, you know, was WSM to represent France, so I, you can't say no. You know, it's a, it's a honor as well because I'm half, you know, I've, I've got I'm both French and Australian, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very simple. Said, <laughs> for uh, uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, in in France, um, and I grew up in a little uh, French island, you know. So like uh, it's called uh, New Caledonia. So it's, I even had a Tahiti, like Tahiti. So it's like Tahiti or Hawaii, mm. but French. No, oh, interesting. That's not that's that's not above the the Italian islands, is it? No, that's close. Uh, New Caledonia is near near Australia, so between uh, Australia and New Zealand. So it's oh, a little okay. uh, French paradise between uh, two English countries. Oh, gotcha. All right, all right, that, that makes sense. Of course, thank you for helping me with my geography. Um, but yeah, that's all pretty cool. So, do you do you have to clear it at all with the like the French strongman community? Just be like, I'm Mr. Coco. I'm going to represent France. Uh, is that well, okay with you? Are, uh, some of them. Has been following me for a long time now, like the men's French strongman, so they knew who I was and they spoke to me a few times already. Uh, I think it was for them, it was a honor to have uh, another Frenchman, you know, uh, on the WSM um, stage. So they, I think, I believe they were proud of me, I think I would say so. You know, you can't make everybody happy, you know, but anyway, so uh, you do what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it's it's very cool that, of course, coming into Europe, strongest man, being able to get an additional opportunity. Um, and that's something that I actually hope to maybe compete one day because I'm not sure if I told you, I, I was born in Italy. Um, yeah, you lived, told me that. Yeah, go ahead. yeah li- lived there for six years. So hopefully one day maybe I can do the same. Um, of course, represent the na- one of the neighboring countries. I, can, I, can, I will talk to some people to see if you yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah, give, give give them a nudge a little bit. You're going uh, to be 130 though. Say again. You're going to be 130 kg though. Oh, hopefully, I, I'm close. Uh, I, I'm sometimes uh, about mostly 125. Sometimes I push 127, 128 kilos. So I'm slowly getting up there. Uh, but m- m- another year or so, I think I can be about sitting maybe regularly at 130. Um, but in terms of the Australia scene, it looks like, of course, uh, you were mentioning the the Australian international show um, was 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 great for the area. Um, but Australia's strongest man and strongest woman's coming up soon. Is that, yes, isn't that right? Uh, you know, I was supposed to uh, fly down, but you know, uh, I I rather I had to spend more time with my wife uh, when she's very you know pregnant. 
So I told my athlete that um, I will not be able to uh, to fly down to coach them. They don't understand that. So I will coach them, uh, you know, um, online pretty much. But now, yeah, so it, off, it kicks off uh, this weekend. So um, any any big names they're doing like Eddie Williams or any of those heavyweights? No, Eddie is prepping for WSM. So you've got Firas, I think, is doing it. He's, he's doing uh, WSM uh, on the, the Lebanon flag. I think he's competing, I think, still. Uh, you've got uh, Hank. He put a 455 deadlift uh, a couple wow. of weeks ago. Um, um, you've got Dylan Lockhart. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, do you remember him? So he's yeah, just, d- uh, Dylan originally from North Carolina. So, yeah. Is he? I don't know yeah. where he's from. Yeah, because yeah, he's of course he registered for the states. I remember competing against him. Yeah, he's, he's, with him at America. I always, always give him shit anyway. Uh, <laughs> but he's he's um he's, he's competing, so hopefully he will do well. Um, and then um, who else? I've got uh, yeah, you got Aiden Aiden Canini. Uh, he's uh he's very strong. He's a nice block. Most of them are very cool, you know. Uh, uh, I wish the best for everybody, uh, and I wish them not to hurt themselves as well, because uh, some of the events are tough. Uh, so yeah, are they as it standard stand and submit equipment? Yeah, all of them are. So there's uh there are uh, eight eight events across two days. I think the first day they've got uh, York, Carry, then they've got mm, uh, York Carry. They got Ax- Max Axel Clean Press. That's your jam. Absolutely. Uh, they've got a uh, uh, frame hold for time. Um, they've got tire flip, so they've got five flips. Uh, they've got a max deadlift. They've got uh, the Hassafel uh, carry that we did at ASI. They've got a uh, stone uh, to shoulder for reps. That's going coming back to strongman now. And then I'm missing one event. Um, that's it, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's still that's still a pretty good list of events. But yeah, eight ev- eight heavy events across two days is, um, yeah, that's that's quite the show. So of course, best of luck to everybody that's competing there. Um, but in the days of the world of strongman, um, is there anything that grinds your gears, Mister Coco? Is there anything that you see online that makes you either frustrated or maybe thinking that they should do something though that particular individual should do something different. So one, one, tra- I'll, I'll start off. I'll say one trend that I've been seeing is that I think sometimes individuals will spend too much time uh, working on videos rather than kind of working on training. So I see one individual usually from England, he's a young kid, but he's usually like focused on videos and he'll do videos where it's a huge, he has a huge fail or um, he goes really heavy, but I feel like he's doing a lot of the lifting for the internet rather than for his own training and for his own well being. So that, so that grinds my gears a little bit when I kind of see that. And I've been, I can only say that just from experience because I've made that same mistake in the past where maybe I spent too much time trying to make videos for the internet rather than working on my training. And that's, uh, that's cost me in, in, in the long run. Uh, but do you have anything that grinds your gears in the, in the strongman world? Uh, I'll try to stay away from the, the politics. <laughs> you know what I, mean? so, <laughs> I want people to know what I think. Uh, so it's easy like that. Um, uh, what, to be honest with you, just, I think it more, more like, you know, um, people need to be respectful uh, to each other and, you know, praise people instead of putting them down, you know, you know, that's what grandma mean the most, grandma man the most, 
just uh, people like are very harsh and try to put down other athletes all the time. Uh, that's what pisses me off the most. I, 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 of course, I, I see that. I've, of course, there's, I've seen individuals in the past. Sometimes they'll make a comparison. Well, they, they praise others by the same time by comparison. They're trashing another group, and yeah, keep, like both groups should be praised for what they're doing, especially. Yeah, you know, what I mean, we, we, are, we, have. We, are, we have a small, we are a, a small community in the world. Strongman community is very small, so no need to divide it. You know, we need to come as one and and make the sport better overall. So mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, of course. Come come together and, exactly, yeah. and all. Um, but you mentioned earlier, so of course, expecting your your first child in between the two contests. Um, now, after, probably most likely after Worlds, um, how do you how do you kind of figure it out? Kind of your plan in terms of raising your child, t- taking care of the business, but as well as focusing on training. Are you going to take a break, or oh, what, what man, does that look like for you? Break. You know, it's hard to take a break when you're at a gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe break well, from I, training. When I go to my office, the gym is just next door. Um, I would take a break in regards to my volume works. So I probably, I, I still train, you know, uh, every day because that's part of my, who I am. Uh, obviously, I would dedicate most of my time, so I would manage my time better. So I would try to work um, mostly in the morning and then uh, afternoon, spend my time with my wife and my child, you know, and uh, obviously and. I will try to make it work, you know, and especially if I have to fly again overseas for uh, comps uh, later the, uh, in the air. So see how it goes. But I will spend most of my time, obviously, like looking after my wife and uh, my child. But I will train in the morning or coach in the morning. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty crazy. I've got a good life. I just work and train, you know, I try to keep the stress to the minimal. I don't have to, I don't have to drive everywhere to train. I just, it's my workplace. So, you know, I save time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the reason the reason why I ask is because I'm probably um, a year or so behind you. So I'm getting married in June. And then, guys, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Of course, they listen to their dad. Um, hey. But um, yeah, I'm probably a little bit behind you in terms of, um, of course, of course, eventually the year after we want to have, have kids. So I'm well, trying to figure out some advice. Just shoot me a message. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Of course, I'll be. Of course, well, yeah, we're always we're always in touch. But I so like in that point, I always kind of like look at kind of the older competitors, like maybe like a, the Brian Shaw or other individuals that have kids and they're training regularly, and also it just. I think that adds an extra component because I get away with a, a lot of in terms of a lot of downtime just because um, just because I don't have kids yet um, and about to get married. But of course, that's going to all kind of flip over its head. One of the reasons why I actually went um, heavyweight, actually, um, just because I thought that more conducive to that lifestyle. Is, I think it would be hard if I was cutting weight year round to doing contests and all. So I thought yeah, I think you would look time. Hey, we see outside. Sorry, but the, the guy, no, the no, dogs are I mean, like, um, it's easy to obviously uh, to just, uh, you know, be relaxed when you have a child, you don't have to focus on dieting and stuff, and just eat uh, whatever your wife is eating, mm-hmm. you know, walking together, yeah, right, yeah. So, that, that was that was kind of my plan, but um, of course, 
I've, I've done other talks, but kind of outgrew the kind of outgrew the weight class. Um, now, one question, of course, pretty interesting. So you were, you were talking a little bit, of course, kind of following the different pros when you were looking for tips or first starting out. But would, did you have any major inspirations when you first started Strongman or anybody you looked up to? Uh, Marius was a main, a main inspiration because, you know, uh, he was um, obviously when I started watching uh, watching a Strongman, he was at his peak, like physically and, uh, and uh, strength-wise. Obviously, Brian, you know, uh, Nick Best as well. Uh, who else? Um, yeah, that's it. The main one that I used to watch. I used to watch uh, Marius overhead press all the time. He's training. You know, it's a beyond the neck press and stuff like that. That's, that's, that, that video is one probably one of my favorite videos where he's all he's all shiny and jacked up and yeah, he's doing, that's why I started. That's how I started doing behind the back neck jerks because of Marius. Yeah, that was that was epic, you know, especially when you were young. Like, damn, that guy is strong. <laughs> oh man! Uh, now, did you did you follow it? Were you inspired by like any um, any in, influences outside the sport? So, like any maybe for Australians, any rugby players or any bodybuilders or? Um... Uh, yeah, bodybuilders. Uh, Ronnie Coleman. Oh, Ron, yeah, Ronnie's the best. Um, I had uh, Kevin Levron as well because I used to do bodybuilding a lot, so I used to uh, love his physique. Uh, Serge Dubray, French bodybuilder. You know, he was in uh, the Arnold movie, Pumping Iron. Uh, you know, obviously Arnold. Um, Tiger Hoods for golf. Uh, you know, um, a few to name. Lots of, yeah, lots of different athletes from different sports with different ideas and different backgrounds, uh, you know. Um, I used to love also uh, Schumacher as well for Formula One. You know the way he was training. You know, plenty, plenty. Because I I love sport, so I used to uh, I used to uh, watch a lot of sport as a child. Mm, all right, oh, excellent. Um, of course, those are all kind of great influences. And um, again, that's a lot of times those athletes are who we shape. So we could be those athletes for someone right now. So we, you know, that's why we always have to put our best foot forward. Um, but I would say that's probably most of my questions for this morning. It's, it's of course, morning for Coco, evening for me. Um, but um, for all the listeners, where can people find you if they want to learn more about Mr. Coco? They can uh, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, they can obviously uh, follow the gym page. And obviously, I don't know. Like, I try to be better with my social media. My wife is uh, obviously doing my social media more than I do because um, I'm – I'm not very good with um, content. I just train, <laughs> so I'm learning slowly to be better with those things. You know, yeah. uh, you, you did the water. you did the watermelon challenge recently, right? What it's like to feel to be pregnant, yeah, right? She, she did. She did tell me to do it. So we're trying to be more like you know, more engaged. You know, I like to watch. Uh, I like to watch uh, Rob's videos with uh, with uh, with Joe. They're funny. I like the Stoneman Brothers videos. You know, I try to learn. Obviously, Martin as well. Try to be more like them. And also, Eddie Williams, he taught me a few things when he came to my gym a few weeks ago. So I'm trying to apply those things, you know. Yeah, I, I, I follow all those YouTube pages. Now, do you have a YouTube page out? Uh, we do. Like, I don't, I'm not very, obviously, active with it, but I will start soon. Um, obviously, it's on the, I think, Coco Strongman, I think. Not too sure. sure. You know, Ariel, my wife is doing it for me. 
All right. Well, I'm going to have both the YouTube and your Instagram below. So maybe some people will stop subscribing. So when you put out the YouTube videos, they'll already oh, have yeah. it come right, come on their page. Um, but um, of course, for all the listeners, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Tell us what you think in the comments. Um, and to end the show today, what's one piece of wisdom that you like to share, share with the listeners that they should live their life by? Just uh, do what you love. You know what I mean? Just don't let people tell you that you can't do it. Just do it. You know, you only, you only have one life. Just do it. Don't, don't it. have any regrets when you're older. That's what I believe. I'm right there with you. Thank you, Mr. Coco. You're welcome, Nick. <laughs>